How did we get here? How did we get to a situation where truckers, if we can call them that, have dug in in the nation's capital, funded by foreign means, and we have this protest moving out across the country, choking off trade points, moving to cities like Toronto, to Winnipeg, to Quebec City. What we saw in Toronto was we saw a police force that seemed to be much better prepared than Ottawa, did not allow trucks to move into the center, to move to the actual, to the provincial legislature and to set up and dig in like has happened in Ottawa. Is this been a failure of intelligence or does that failure rest more specifically and squarely on the Ottawa police. To talk more about it, I'm pleased to welcome back to the program Jessica Davis, who's president of Inside Threat Intelligence and a former security analyst. Uh, Jessica, what do you think here? Was this just a, a colossal failure of intelligence? I don't think that we can put this on the shoulders of intelligence. There mandate here is really limited in terms of what they're going to be able to monitor and because you know protest is one of our our democratic rights i think what we're seeing in terms of failures is a little bit of a failure of imagination on the part of the ottawa police i think that they had a hard time conceiving that individuals would come in and and quite literally occupy our streets for really at this point weeks at a time um i suspect they thought that they would come in have their protest and then go home. So I think it's really that failure of imagination. Now, unfortunately, I think that there was also lots of signs that this was maybe what was going to happen that were maybe not taken as seriously by the people involved in planning for the protest as they could have been. Yeah, I kind of wondered, like, have did the Ottawa police not have cable on January 6th? Did they not see what that was about? I mean, could they could they not, and, and, I, and I use your point, imagine that this is precisely what would happen? I think this is, you know, this is really one of the first times that we've seen this kind of tactic used by protesters, by occupiers, whatever you want to call them. So I think that there's a certain amount of learning that's taking place. And we've definitely seen that in other cities, you know, Vancouver (laughs) citizens just didn't let the trucks in and Toronto was well-prepared for a similar style protest and also took really different actions to make sure that they didn't end up in the situation that Ottawa is in. So I think to a certain extent, we're, we're quite unlucky because we were the first, we were the test case. Um, what do you make of the police saying yesterday that there are, you know, children in these trucks? Um, you know, I, 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 I'm certain that's not new information to the police. I, I, I did raise my eyebrow a little bit about the timing of the announcement and also the fact that the announcement was not made by the police chief, Peter Slowly. I've seen the children in in the protest myself with my own eyes. Um, I remember seeing them right at the very beginning, which wasn't too much, you know, it wasn't too concerning at the time because it was happening on the weekend. But even when I went down into the protest area during the weeks and seeing the children sort of thinking, should these kids be in school or doing something other than this? And and of course, the health concerns about that area because the, the diesel fumes are really, really strong. You know, you're, you're well advised to wear a mask even for, for those reasons, um, which of course is not something that the protesters are interested in doing. So, you know, the timing of the announcement, I think really comes as they're trying to increase their, their posture on, in terms of how, how strongly and firmly they're policing the protest, but the presence of children is a huge concern because it does limit the kind of actions they're going to take. Yesterday in the program, I had a uh, Carleton journalism professor on who's written an op-ed in the Globe and Mail that says that this is 
Um, this is the October crisis revisited. And, and although it doesn't make the case for bringing in the army per se, but does say that the federal government needs to react like it is a threat to national unity, national sovereignty, just the way that Pierre Trudeau did in the 70s. Do you agree with that? I think I would take a little bit more of a nuanced approach there. I think that this is very much a policing matter at the moment. Um, This is the kind of thing that the Ottawa police rightly have responsibility for. Where I think we need to be having a, a broader reflection is certainly at the national level and amongst our national security and intelligence agencies about the tactics that were employed here, the level of warning, how seriously we took those warnings and where in their mandate they're able to contribute and where they their mandates really prevent them from doing so. Um, you know, CSIS, for instance, has a very specific mandate in terms of what it can investigate. And a lot of this protest activity, or a lot of protest activity rather, falls right on the margins of that. So, so what they do is really quite limited in this space. Um, so I think those are the kind of conversations we have to have and about whether or not there are gaps in those regimes. Seems kind of silly to ask this when we're you know, still in the midst of this. We don't know how we're ever going to get out of it, but do we need an inquiry into all of this when finally it, it does end? I I would actually be quite supportive of that idea, particularly on the funding side of things. The the sheer scope and size of the crowdfunding campaigns that have taken place and the very clear foreign influence that has been exerted on this protest and this movement in Canada, I think raises a host of concerns. Um, While I I would argue that we don't actually know the scope of the foreign donations, because of a number of different issues around um, identifying information in those crowdfunders, almost certainly um, some proportion is coming from the United States. So I think that we need an inquiry or certainly a very serious look into this to see, you know, I'm a big fan of lessons learned and potentially any uh, legislative gaps that we've got around foreign individuals or foreign entities contributing or directing political causes in Canada. With Jessica Davis, who's president of the Insight Threat Intelligence. Uh, last question as we see this uh, protest now move and block off a, a, a absolute jugular vein in terms of trade for Canada uh, at Windsor. Uh, is that a failure, another failure of intelligence, not, not to be able to see how or who is coordinating this? I think we're starting to get into a bit of a question about anticipation and whether or not our law enforcement and security services were appropriately coordinating and anticipating follow-on actions. Um, So yeah, I think that we're starting to sort of have to ask those questions about what's going on there and whether or not we're really as proactive in terms of our policing about this as we should be. Jessica, great talking to you again. Please be well. Thank you. You too, Alan.